Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The score is Chicago's exclusive home for Super Bowl 55. It's last year's MVP Patrick Mahomes and the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs taking on future Hall of Famer Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday. Our coverage starts at 2, kickoff 515 on Sports Radio 670, the score, or radio.com, sports station, WSCR, and HD Chicago, WBMX HD. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six years. Super Bowl champion. How about them, Cowboys? Great mustache. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause, the mustache. Wani, hanging out with Molly and Haw every Tuesday. Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave, D-A-V-E. Dave Wanstead. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Always a joy to talk to Coach Wanstead. And, of course, the score hotline is presented by Al Pomani Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or ap4.com. Dave, good morning. How are you? Morning, Dave. Uh, good, good morning, David and Molly. Yes, it's um, Tuesday of Super Bowl week. You know, I was just sitting here thinking back to my experience there, and when you got to this point in the week, guys, you know, all the hype, you know, the excitement of, of the first couple days in the media and and so forth. I mean, you, you look forward to that because it's, you know, there's a lot of coverage and everyone's talking about it. But when you kind of got to the Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, you know, it was, it was long days. It truly was because you've been thinking about it. You've been practicing for 10 days already, basically, on your opponent. You, you've heard, you've said everything to the players. All the adjustments are in, so it's just kind of, today's Groundhog Day, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. I mean, you're just repeating things over and over again, and you can't wait. The players, the coaches, now now there's no turning back. You know, Now it's all about winning the game, but boy, these, these last few days leading up to it, they are long. Trust me, did, I've, I've lived it. Did you ever hold back some game plan stuff? So that there was something people could dig into on like the Wednesday. I mean, I, I know it's I know all the preparation is in. I know they've had plenty of time to practice. But in terms of just keeping people occupied, 
would you would you ever have any kind of install on the Wednesday before the game as opposed to a week before? No, we, we didn't do it that way. Uh, some people might, but our approach was that we were going to do, boy, the nuts and bolts, and we were going to roll up our sleeves, and we were going to do, I mean, we, we practiced physical. You know, we had the full pads on. We did all that back in Dallas and installed the whole game plan. And then when we got out there, we kind of cut back a little bit, trying to get them a little bit rested. But as far as adding anything new, no, that was not our style to do it this late. From a coach's perspective, Dave, would you welcome the fact that this Super Bowl is unlike the others because there isn't that sort of media crush? There aren't fans uh, creating as many distractions, and there might not be the sort of buzz that you typically have to deal with as a potential distraction. I, I'm I'm sure that Tom Brady uh, appreciates this. You know that I, I think maybe your first time uh, attendees, you know, the young players, the rookies, probably the guys that aren't going to play. They they they're the ones that probably enjoyed the hype more than than the veteran players that that obviously had the stress and the burden of of knowing that hey, this may be their last shot. So I I think it's a good thing. I know from a coach's standpoint, I, I think every coach would welcome the less distractions, the better mentality. Uh, Andy Reid has an unbelievable bi-week record. He, he's always been really good. Uh, I think it's 18-3 uh, and three, um, after the bye during the regular season over the course of his head coaching career. That's spectacular. Um, does, that, does that come into play with a Super Bowl? Does that come into play with all the distraction, everything else you talk about? Uh, it could, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's different, I think, because of the preparation standpoint, but I think just the mentality of his team and Andy being able to stand up in front of him and say, Hey, we're going to do what kind of we did in the buy and you know, our record on the buy. So I think from a confidence standpoint, there's something to that, you know, from a actual practice standpoint, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I mean, Bruce Arians has been around. If, if they were playing a first-time head coach, maybe. But Bruce has been with a lot of outstanding head coaches. Bruce has been in the Super Bowl before. Bruce has won a Super Bowl before, you know, with the Steelers back then. So, you know, T Tampa Bay is not going to be fooled by any. Between his combination and then you got Brady, and you know Bruce is calling him in saying, okay, what you guys do at New England? What did Bill do? So now, you know, tell me what this. So, uh, no, I, I don't see any advantage to that going into this week. Dave, I think most people expect it to come down to the quarterbacks making a play here or there, and I think that's wise because of the greatness of both guys. At the same time, from a defensive coach's perspective, do you look at – Okay, you've got the Bucks and their edge rushers with Barrett. You know, you've got guys who can change a game plan, can wreck a game plan. You've got the Chiefs with vulnerability at the offensive tackle spot because of injuries. Is that the 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 best and maybe only path that you see for victory for the Buccaneers is to take advantage of what could be a perceived weakness on the Chiefs because there's not many of those. No, you're right. You know, the two, the, the offensive line, the two tackles, you know, actually there's three guys banged up on that offensive line. That's a concern for me uh, if I'm a Kansas City fan. But I, I would look at this thing and, and go back to the first time that these guys played early in the season. You know, Brady threw three touchdowns. Mahomes threw three touchdowns. The difference was Mahomes threw zero interceptions and Brady threw three. 
So, you know, that is is going to be a major, major factor. Uh, you, you mentioned the Ed Rushers. If I was Bruce Arians, if I'm the head coach at Tampa today, I'm going to walk into Todd Bowles and I'm going to say, hey, Todd, whether we're rushing three or we're rushing four or you want to blitz them and we rush six, I want to make sure that we are contained on both sides of the offensive line. I want Mahomes, if Mahomes gets out of the pocket, to me, the defense has failed itself. I want him throwing the ball in the pocket. And and that would be a high, high priority. You just want, even last week's game, you know what I mean? And I know he's coming off the turf toe, and I, my, Buffalo probably didn't think that he'd run much. I don't know. But, boy, outside the pocket is where this guy makes his money running and passing. I mean, he, the, in last year's Super Bowl, the run that he had when he got out and went down the sideline, that was as big a play as it was in the game. So that's to me, is the biggest thing that I would insist on if I'm Bruce Arians and I'm, and I'm talking to my defensive coaches at Tampa Bay. So if you're, if you're then um, Andy Reid and you know they blitz – I think they blitz, I think, is second most in the league during the regular season. The only team that did more was, uh, I believe, Baltimore. So you know they're going to come after your guy. You know you're short of offensive linemen or you're looking at backups playing. Uh, and I know Andy Reid has, has said that they, in their practices, they move guys to every position on the offensive line so they have that familiarity in case they have to uh, shift in a game. But I wonder if you're putting together a game plan against a blitzing team, would you, you know, Travis Kelsey's not a guy that can block great. That's not what he's known for. Would you throw an extra offensive lineman on the field to give you more protection from the tight end position? Would you try to do something like that just to make sure you're, you're holding up and not getting Mahomes hit? Uh, that's a good question, and I would do it that way. But that's – me, Bruce Arians' show, that's why Tampa's having success right now. When, yeah. when, Tom, when Tom was getting hit, it, it, was, it was a protection problem. And so what are they doing? Gronk's in there blocking as a blocker right now. And, and they're using they're running it. You're using more two-back stuff. I would do that. But that's not – I mean, it's going to be real interesting to see because Andy Reid, it's a little bit what we see with the Bears. I think Andy would rather get the ball out quick. You know, I think we're going to see more screens. I think we're going to see the little receiver Hill, okay, Tyree Kill. I think we're going to see some quick screens to him. I think we're going to see the ball coming out quick. As And that's another way. You either beat the blitz two ways, guys. Either one, you, you protect it. You put extra blockers in there. Or two, you get the ball out quick. And I, I think that they're going to go to get the ball out quick, high percentage throws, and uh, and see if they can beat it that way. Dave, you coached in a Super Bowl. You know what that moment does to you in terms of adrenaline, in terms of anxiety, and all the pressure that you may feel about being in that moment. What advantage then do the Chiefs have over the Buccaneers? I know they're playing Tom Brady, who being in a Super Bowl is old hat, but he's only one guy. And the rest of the Bucks, this might be a very different experience. How, how much is it an advantage to the Chiefs that they have managed that anxiety as recently as last year? Yeah, it's, it's, it'll be an advantage a little bit. You know, now the Bucks are playing at home. So I think that kind of evens it out. And you know what's interesting? If you look back the, 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 the seven times 
that uh, two teams were in the Super Bowl the last seven times that played each other during the regular season, okay? So, uh, you know, they play each other during the regular season. Now they're playing again in the Super Bowl. Five out of those seven times, the team that lost during the regular season won the Super Bowl, which would be Tampa Bay. So it's just another thing to think about. You know, I would say, yes, David, good question. You know, you give them a little edge because they've been there and they've they've done it last year. But I think with Brady, and the leader of the team, the voice of the team, and Tampa Bay playing at home and having a head coach that's been there and done it, I think it's a push. I really do. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting because I think that Tampa is the better defensive team. Um, they have a chance to, but but I I don't know that Kansas City is ever out of a game even when they trail, and I think that's an unusual part of this game, Dave. There is no lead that's safe against this team, given the way they put points up. How how do you deal with that? You you, you be prepared. You spend extra time on, we call it your four-minute, some people call it your six-minute offense. And what that is, at the end of the half or at the end of the game, you have a certain mentality. I I would practice it, okay? We, we've got the lead, and we don't want to give them the ball back at the half or the end of the game. Same scenario, okay? And we would call it our four-minute offense. There's four minutes, six minutes to go in the game. And we got the lead. We don't want Patrick Mahomes back on the field. And we would actually start practice some days full speed saying, okay, we're in our four-minute offense, guys. And we've got to hold on to the football. And are the plays different? Not really. You know, obviously, you're going to run the ball. But there's a mentality, and that's what we would try to establish. Hey, guys, we have got the, you know, the effort, you know, the execution. I mean, we have got to make first downs and hold on to the football. So I would spend extra time with that, to be honest with you. I would have done it probably four times already, and, and I'd do it again this week toward the end of the week. We're in four-minute offense. We got a one-point lead, and we cannot give them the ball back. These are the plays we're going to call. And this is how we're going to block it. And now let's get the job done. Dave, when you sit there on Sunday and you're watching the game and you're watching the pageantry and you're watching all of it and, and it takes you back to 1993 and that, that 92 season and you were a Super Bowl champion, what kind of memories will, will that take you to and what kind of emotions will you experience? Because I would imagine, and I don't want – I guess I'm curious, if that was that the pinnacle of your football coaching career and, and, and what you will feel watching a Super Bowl? Yeah, it, I guess it was, you know, but it's moving so fast. I don't think you truly digest it. If you're a first-time winner like we were, and we were the youngest team in the NFL. I mean, our, our coaches, I was I think I was 39 or, or 40 at the time. Uh, you know, we, we were so young, and we were just playing games after games. And then the other two, the two things that I remember, one, and this is crazy, I had already accepted the Bears job. I was already in Chicago. I had my first, uh, I, I met Molly. You know, we probably had a one-on-one, Okay. <laughs> So I knew. I, 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 so David, I knew what I was. I was having my second dot. So, no, I. I so that was your I was highlight. In, I that was that was that. No, that that was. I'm not going to go that far. But I had already accepted the job, and and I, I remember sitting in the press box beforehand saying, 
you know, I accepted this Bears job. I never signed my contract for about a month after, and I said, God, I hope we can win this game. Maybe the Bears will say they didn't want me, you know? I mean, that thought goes through my mind. I'll say, oh, but I can't screw this thing up now today. And uh, and then the second thought, obviously, that didn't, that went well. And then uh, my second thought was I was the last one out of the locker room because I did all my, my NFL in you know interviews and then uh, i don't know if, if, if molly remembers this and i did my dallas stuff and then i stayed extra to do chicago and kenny norton and i were on the last bus leaving the stadium it was dark my family everybody was at the super bowl party and kenny and i each grabbed about three beers a piece and you know he was my starting middle linebacker and we sat on the bus and there was just the two of us and we rode the bus back to the uh, hotel and we we just looked at it and uh, and just talked about what uh, you know what, what had just happened and so forth. Yep, <laughs> wow, that's two great, great two great. great memories. Yep, Kenny and Kenny and I we at the Super Bowl reunion a couple of years ago in Dallas. We were we were laughing about that and still talking about it. Yep. Oh, that's fun. That's great stuff, Dave. Uh, all right, we've got uh, a ton to get to. Still want to talk about the game. Want to ask you about the the methodology of victory for both teams. And uh, you know, I, I don't know that everyone realizes it, but the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been averaging thirty five point seven points a game over their last six games, including the playoffs. Can they win a shootout? We'll ask Coach Wants that that question when we uh, when Molly, we return. Molly, Molly yeah. am I, uh, so I'm not going to get a chance to talk quarterbacks and get into any of my so- play any of my songs. Oh huh? no, no, we we want oh, we, we want their songs. <laughs> oh, we want that, all that. That's a staple, Dave. Come on, Dave, Dave, that's called a tease. I'm trying to get people to stay tuned, but well, I, stay if you're going to sing and song. talk quarterbacks, then no. we've got. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're never gonna lose a listener. Believe me. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's Wally and Haw on the score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Dave Wanstead hanging out with Molly and Haw. Molly and Hall, it's always a joy to talk to Coach Wanstead and, of course, the score hotline presented by Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or AP4.com. And, Dave, we uh, we want to get into all the quarterback go-round, but uh, let's uh, let's close the loop. You know, given the fact that the Buccaneers have scored at least 30 points in their last six games, I think the Chiefs are about 25 points in that stretch, believe it or not. You think of it differently. Uh, they were averaging 30, whatever, 35.7 points. Should they try to – I mean, it, th- technically we believe you've got to stop the Chiefs' offense. you got to do anything you can to try to keep them from putting up the big numbers. But is this Tampa team capable, given the Chiefs' secondary, of maybe going downfield, hitting some big plays, scoring some points? Should they try to outscore them? Uh, I think they're capable of that, but I don't think that that's uh, deep down. I don't think that's Tom Brady's formula for success in a Super Bowl, you know, and 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 I'm going to go back to Tom Brady because I think he has that much influence. And I think that Bruce and everybody now is is pretty confident that uh, that they can trust him and trust what he's saying and so forth. I mean, they've worked through their issues. Uh I don't see that happening. I mean, when you I mentioned the first time these two teams played, the difference in the game was each of them threw three touchdowns, but Tom threw three picks. 
And I think that Tom knows the importance of protecting the football. And now all of a sudden, Leonard Fournette, if you would say who to me in the playoffs shined as much as anybody, I mean, Leonard Fournette, the running back for Tampa Bay, I mean, he made a couple runs that you say, yes, he, he was a first-round player. He made two catches. He caught two passes for touchdowns, which which I didn't think he was capable of doing. So Tom all of a sudden has his confidence. And look back to those Patriots Super Bowls, the running back, you know, what, what the, the running back, I forget his first name, White was his last name. Up there at, James at, White. Uh, James White. I mean, he was MVP in one of those Super Bowls. I mean, so my point is that when Tom Brady, when when a big game like this is on the line, I think he's going to always lean on the side of cautious and protect the football. I don't think that they want to get into a shootout, to answer your question. No. So you're picking the Bucks. I'm picking the Bucks. Yes, I am. Wow. That's, that's yep. big, Dave. That's, that's uh, well, I, I think their defense is going to be the difference. I truly do. I, I think that they're going to give Mahomes more problems at that Tampa Bay defense. They've got guys that can cover on the back end if they get pressure, and there should be pressure. I mean, they've got those those linebackers. Boy, they Devontae David and and Bush, yep. uh, those, uh, White. I mean, Kevin White. Those guys can fly. I, I just think that um, I just got a good feel. I, I just think it's going to be Tampa. So. Let's get to the quarterbacks. Who's the Tom Brady for the Bears? Who do they go out and get that puts them in the Super Bowl? Or who do they draft that puts them in the Super Bowl? They've got to figure out a way to get a quarterback, right? Everybody wants one. Yeah, and I think Deshaun Watson, you know, I mean, I know everybody's beating that up and down. I don't see him leaving. I mean, the more that Houston thinks about it and those coaches, you got new staff in there and they got time to talk to him and convince him what they're going to do. Uh, I think he ends up staying there, you know, so I, 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 let's put that aside right now. And, and when you look at the list, uh, you know, I, I think the, the bears obviously got to do something to win right now. And let's assume that it's not Mitch Trubisky. Okay. That they burned that bridge and Mitch is going to go elsewhere. I think, okay. The, the guys that you're looking at, you're not going to get that Prescott, Right. I mean, do you really want Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is he? Let's compare him to Nick Foles. Let me back up. Trubisky's gone. Foles is our starter. Okay, Nick Foles is our starter. Who's going to come in here and be better than Nick Foles? In not in our minds, but in the minds of Ryan Pace and obviously, most importantly, Matt Nagy. Uh, you know, it's not going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, you're looking at Tyrod Taylor's Andy Dalton. Would Andy Dalton be a guy that could come in and be the starter and you put him in there right from the get-go and say, you're our guy over Nick Foles? He's one possibility. He's going to be out there. But then you're into truly guys, the Matt Barkleys, Nate Sudfields, Cam Newton. You, you know, Cam's not going to give you what, you what they want to do on offense. We already went that route with the Mike Glennons of the world. I mean, that's pretty much the list, you know, uh, J- Jacoby Brissett, you know, he is, is he going to give you, is he going to be better than Nick Foles? So I, I think it's got to be almost, you know, you know, an Andy Dalton, there's only one or two guys that you could bring in here and, and say, okay, he's an upgrade over Nick Foles. He's the starter. And then you draft a guy and you go from there. But uh, it, it's, this is the list. I am looking at the list. Okay. Dave. And nobody, what? Dave. Do you know how many people just 
spat out their coffee when you said Nate Sudfeld to the Bears, possibly? They don't want well, Nate Sudfeld. You need a you need a solution. You need a working solution that can make you. He's got the list. Wait, I'm reading the list. And the people that spit up their coffee, you know, I'm gonna I gotta go back to our to our Jack Nicholson. Give it to me. Give me it. This is to the you people that spit up their the truth. Okay, this is the truth. I'm looking okay. at the list. Dat Prescott, 31 mil. Okay, Jacoby, Mitch Trubisky. There's only four quarterbacks that threw for over 2,000 yards last year, and one of them is Mitch Trubisky. You guys know what I would do. I would not get rid of Mitch, but I'm assuming he's gone. I'm trying to keep the, the coffee in everyone's mouth out there, okay? <laughs> Matt Ryan? Uh, How about Matt Ryan? <clears throat> Matt Ryan. Yeah, you, it would be a trade. Yes. You'd have to engineer something. Absolutely, absolutely. If you could trade for Matt Ryan, God, go get Matt Ryan. One hundred percent, I'm with you. One hundred percent. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's a minor problem. There, uh, Matt Ryan scheduled to make forty point nine million <laughs> this year. You think he's going to take a pay cut to come to the Bears? <laughs> yeah, Please. he's willing me... to take the point nine. Apparently. Oh, here um, you want to stay? You want to stay in the Big Ten? <laughs> we go get C.J. Bethard. How's that, David? <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm, I'm just reading names here. I'm looking yeah. at three agent quarterbacks, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to our listeners. I, I wish I could uh, invent right. a different list, but this is the reality of it. This is the truth, okay? Well, Matthew you've been Stafford situ- was traded. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, did they miss out on that? Would you have tried? Apparently, they made an offer for Matthew yeah, Stafford. They, would they, they would did. golf they, be an yeah. upgrade? Uh, would golf be an upgrade? I'm not a big fan of golf's to be honest right. with you. I don't, I don't think he's better than Mitch Trubisky. I really don't. He hasn't played that much better. I know he was in the Super Bowl and all that, but just look at how he's played this year and look what he brings to the table. You know, I, I mean, they, they were, uh, Sean McVay told me during the season that they were about as quarterback friendly offense as you could ever invent. Truly, you know what I mean? Uh, they they ran the ball and threw play action passes, but they didn't even have many movement passes because he's not the athlete that Mitch is. So, you know, so I Dave, think it's going to be Nick. I think you're looking at Nick Foles. Okay, right, all right, well, right, Nick Foles right. or 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 whoever else. You're describing what I think is probably the path they're going to have to go down. Somebody who is a placeholder, somebody who was building a bridge to the future. Do you see that? the Bears drafting a quarterback in the first round to create this sort of hope that maybe buys some people some time, maybe gives them a good de- prospect to develop with a, with a veteran who's able to kind of bridge those two things together. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I, I truly could. I mean, they, they need to, for, for the good of the franchise, they need to have a young quarterback uh, as, as if I'm the owner you know, where are you going next year, the year after that? You know, where, where are we going with this team when the defense gets old? So I could see them doing that. I mean, that would not surprise me. I don't know where they pick, how high they would have to come, what they have to give up. And I'm not – I haven't really started studying these quarterbacks yet other than a top couple guys, you know, who, who would be in that uh, – who would fall into that category. But it's, 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 it's a tough deal. It's a frustrating deal. You know, no, nobody wants to admit the truth. I mean, everybody is still, you know, Deshaun Watson, Matt, Matt Ryan would be fantastic. You know, now you got to go get him. And, uh, right. you know, I, I told you guys a story when we brought Dan Marino on when I was at the Dolphins. It was me, George Payton, and Rick Spielman and Dan Marino sitting around the table. 
And Marino said, we got to get better in Jay Fiedler. All he's doing is winning us 10 games a year. I said, great, here's the list. And Dan looked at it, and he turned it over, and he says, where's all the names? And I said, <laughs> I said, here's who we got. We got Jacoby Brissett. We got Tyrod. We got A.J. McCarron. Uh, who do you want? Colt McCoy. You know, I gave him the same talk as we're doing now. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult, guys. It truly is. Has it changed a little, Dave, given the fact that, according to the reports, and again, it's a lot of speculation, but there could be as many as 18 quarterbacks switching teams. There could be everybody looking for the solution, and, and you could play musical chairs and wind up with someone else. We've already seen two, you know, that the huge trade before the Super Bowl. We haven't even really gotten to, uh, to, to this period where we expect player movement. Is, is it – do you expect more of this? Is, is it just a question of putting yourself in the right position? And do they have enough uh, ammunition to pull off a deal? You know, I, I always put this this time of year into different categories. The first category you look at is where are the new coaches? Okay, who's got high, where's the new GMs and the new, new head coaches? Because those people generally, uh, you're going to find players here, quarterbacks, which we're talking, but other players too. You know, new systems, new attitude, all that crap, and they're going to get rid of some good players. So you look at it, okay, where are the new head coaches and the new general managers? That's the first area that everybody should be looking at when they look at for a quarterback right now, which we're talking. Okay, and then the second one is truly uh, – you know, guys that are secure in their jobs. The third category really falls into people that have to win right now. And and if you got to win right now, it, it's difficult to make a change and take a chance on somebody. That's why I go back to, you know, that, that Nick Foles, you better get ready for it because I, I think it would not surprise me if they won Nick Foles as our starting quarterback. Dave, quick before we let you go, I have to get your thoughts on this. You know, you look at the head coaching jobs that have been filled – and guys without experience are getting these jobs. And as a football lifer, what do you think about – and I'm not talking about David Culley, who's 65 and getting a job for the first time, and he has paid his dues. But I look at guys like Nick Sirianni, who, who oh, botched the opening press conference, and you doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. What do you think about what's going on with the head coaching openings and the way they were filled? Well, I, I'm, I'm a believer – the way I went into it, you didn't even get – considered unless you were a playoff winning coordinator okay and you really not many guys got head coaching jobs back in my day unless you were a coordinator winning Super Bowl team you know and or, or a playoff winning coach coordinator why and I talked to owners about this back then they wanted guys that were in the trenches they wanted to see what uh, what a Dave Wanstead did on fourth and one on the goal line against the Buffalo Bills or whoever, okay? And, and and knowing that you were through that stress and through that preparation, and how did you respond? And, uh, you know, that's the thing that kind of surprised me. But, but general managers, guys, have never turned over ever like they're turning over now. The GMs were always there. The Bobby Bethards, the Ron Wolfs, the, uh, I mean, the, the George Youngs at the Giants, they were mainstays. It was always the coaches that turned over. Now you got these young general managers turning over, and they want guys that they can relate to. They don't want a, a veteran coach coming in that's going to you know, tell them who he likes and who he doesn't like. So they're hiring all these young guys. And uh, uh, it's different. You know, I, I thought that Eric Bieniemy 
some of these guys are getting hired. I would have definitely brought him in. Uh, I'm not saying I would offer him a job, but there's a guy that's been to the Super Bowl, that's been through it all, that's been with Andy Reid, that's got some good ideas. Uh, you know, that one kind of surprised me a little bit. It truly did. I mean, that uh, that a guy like that would not draw a, a big-time interest in, in one of these jobs compared to some of these guys that got it. It's, it's a little bit mind-boggling. Dave, we'll let you go. Uh, David mentions Nick Sirianni. Here's the Philadelphia Inquirer headline after uh, his introductory news conference. Nick Sirianni is the Eagles' newest puppet across between Barney Fife and Pinocchio. Ouch. So that's kind of a rough uh, opening news conference. <laughs> how do you lose to on Zoom? Well, how, how, how do you have a, I would tell him, have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You're the best, Dave. Dave, thank you. Thanks All a right, lot. Guys, see ya. <laughs> Enjoy the game. <laughs> Dave okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.